Welcome, welcome to the Linen Suit and Plastic Tie Podcast. This is the podcast where we dissect, analyze, investigate, look into, surmise, and a bunch of other synonyms to investigate the power of storytelling and learn how to harness that power to supercharge our everyday lives. I'm Gorev. And I'm Kevin. Kev, I'm shocked. You know what I'm surprised about, actually? I'm surprised you're not like a sneakerhead. I'm surprised you're not like a sneakerhead. You um, seem like the type. Yeah, now that I think about it a little bit, I- I'm sh- kind of shocked too. Right? Because you're like... Yeah. You're like... um, you're in, You've always been into basketball, much more than me, and those cu- those two cultures interact in a huge way. And you are definitely a consumerist. Um, you're definitely a shopper. And you take a lot of pride in your appearance, and so do I. Um, and you and I both own nice shoes, like more nice dress shoes. But I would actually say I'm more brand oriented or like label oriented than you in anything and let alone shoes. I feel like that's fair, right? Yeah. I, I think I actually very unapologetically hate brands. Like, um, you know, there are a, a lot of okay. these. Before you get into that, I can name three yeah. designer brand things you own right away that are free beautiful designer brands so At, let's let's get off the so, high horse so can i but let, let me unpack that a little bit i have brands that i'm very loyal to to the point where they should really give me commercial deals for the amount of amount of items i, I bought from them but i don't like pieces of clothing that just have giant logos on them I don't like wearing that. That to me, that makes me feel like just a giant, you know, a, a walking billboard. And I don't think it looks nice. I don't feel great just wearing that. I feel like nice clothing to me is something that has, um, you know, good, really good design where people really put thoughts onto it than to put just that one big logo when it's just you know a plain t-shirt i agree no no i i agree and i think that's a very interesting subset of designer clothes and i actually think and uh and everyone agrees with me on this i actually think it's very very localized like i think when i think of designer clothes from the east coast or at least my experience in toronto and the east coast going up there that's more like chanel and gucci and like the typical old school designers but when I move to LA, you see more like designer clothes being seen as not just Chanel or Gucci in the uh, typical sense, but also like Yeezys or um, I see Baby Nape and Supreme a lot. And that's something that I've never been really into, like Supreme. I, I've never really been into that. I know people are. Um, and that those ones are a little bit more logo heavy, I would say. Well, actually, you know, they both are. It's an interesting conversation, I think. The different designers in different places and the different streetwear and the different clothing culture. And I actually do think, here we go, it's a very beautiful, interesting case study for storytelling. Because when you look at, like, you take two t-shirts, they're exactly the same. One of them is a designer, one of them is not. The designer one is worth more. And I think growing up, um, and I've always often thought, and a lot of people will agree that it's a that's like a ripoff and that that person is just 
paying for the label and I don't get why they're paying for the label. And I actually have grown a little bit on this stance. And like you were saying, clothes just for the logo, you don't get that. Um, one, for, for the record though, just to be clear, I would never buy or advise anyone to buy anything they don't like the look of and they don't like the design of. You know me, I like bold colors. So like when I'm looking at shoes, design or not, I like bold, right? Um, but um, I think there's something interesting and to be said about that that little bit of a confidence boost people get when they buy. Like that first expensive bag. And it's, it has a lot to do with this kind of consumerist society that we live in where it's like work hard achieve get the great job and then get a symbol of that you know it's a symbol i get my nice chanel purse that's a symbol of how hard i've worked to earn that you know or that's a symbol of my status and there's been status since the beginning of time and where i'm getting at this is i've grown a little bit to understand how nuanced it is it's not just oh they were ripped off because they bought the shirt that was designer but no, there's a lot of things that go into that decision. There's, and they're like, oh, they're going to regret the money they wasted. They could have spent, bought it on that thing that would have given them more utility. But I'm like, things give different utility to different people. For some people, buying designer clothes is a confidence booster. You know, it's buying confidence in a honestly not an unhealthy way. It's they feel more confident, they feel more beautiful, they feel happier in these designer clothes that they paid for, which allows them to act happier, act more confident, and have kind of a happiness boost. So it's an interesting, it is an interesting conversation of the validity of the label price difference. It, it definitely comes down to, you know, personal preferences, and um, especially with uh these designer clothes, you know, by making these purchases as with, you know, other things like cars and, and watches and, and stuff, you're almost, you know, it's a way of branding yourself, like, like I said, and kind of tells people what almost what, what kind of social groups or, or what kind of clubs you're signing up to by making these purchases and showing it to people. So it, it really depends, you know, on the types of brand images, the type of people you want to associate yourself with. So, you know, that's a lot of storytelling about ourselves right there. Yes, you're talking at, uh, you're talking from the kind of social aspect of it. I'm talking the inter the personal aspect, the internal aspect. What I'm talking about is how you feel, how you feel wearing that no matter what your friends are wearing like i have a i have some nice clothes and some things and my friends don't value certain clothes the way i value it um so it's not because they're all wearing it that i wear it i like it because it makes me feel good there's a personal aspect that's what i'm talking about but you bring up an interesting point about group storytelling as well where it's kind of like that's the buy-in to this the club that's the buy-in to the community i wear streetwear or like these nice sneakers or these so i can be in that sneakerhead community and talk about it and rally around it it's similar to like when i was growing up collecting comic books being a comic book collector puts me in a community same way being a designer clothes horse or a shoe collector puts them in those communities so it's an interesting idea by buying into a community um 
I think my whole point about this is whether it's making you feel more confident or, like you said, buying into the community. These are different forms of storytelling. We are applying to a brand. We are applying to clothes. We are applying to something. And the value comes in that story. So when people are like, oh, just because they're the same shirt, one has a designer, one doesn't. And they're saying clearly they're worth the same because the same as that shirt. Well, they're not. Because the story applied to that designer label makes it worth more in the social community we live in. And you might be thinking, well, these guys are very much Wait. obsessed with clothes. I feel like you should ask me why I'm thinking about this first. But whatever. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. Okay. Um, as I am heavily implied to do so, um, why, why did we start off with this topic in particular today, Goff? Because I've been spending too much time on StockX. <laughs> um, there's the uh, there's these shoes, and I'm trying to I'm trying to um, I'm trying to uh, pump myself up to uh, buying uh, uh, running shoes that are expensive because I just got promoted, and it's like I want a, I want a promotion gift for myself. I love America. For one of the reasons I love America is you could spin literally any major life event into an excuse to buy yourself something. Um, I just got laid off, layoff gift. Um, I just got promoted, promotion gift. I just had a kid, kid gift, baby shower gift, gender reveal gift, and anything. So I'm trying to pump myself up to buy these shoes. Um, I don't follow basketball, but you know LaMelo Ball has this whole shoe line, right? And they are so colorful and they're so awesome. And I found this pair that's like fiend Rick and Morty. And I'm trying to goat myself into buying them. Uh, I'm going to send them to you. Mind you, this is the least sportsy person in our entire oh, yeah. friend group. This is my like, problem. I am not sportsy at all. I have a t-shirt. The t only time. The only time he has ever cared about the NBA was when Toronto Raptors made it to the finals, and they eventually. I am a proud bandwagoner. I bandwagon sports with the best of them. If one of my Toronto teams are in, I'll pretend to know it. If you just heard that thing, that was me sending Kevin a picture of the shoes. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'm the least sporty person. I have a T-shirt that literally says that I wear to sporting events. Go sports. Keep doing good at the thing you are doing. It's in the Dodgers colors, so I got it for a Dodgers game. You see the shoes? How perfect are those for me? Here's the thing. I don't know basketball, but I feel like I can still buy them. I feel like I don't have to know basketball to buy these shoes. I mean, I don't Did... play basketball myself. I, I own basketball shoes, so I think well, see, you know, so it's your sometimes money. I worry, sometimes I worry. It's like, uh, did I send you the price in that? Yeah, that's, that's how much they are right now. Um, it's not that bad. Um, it's some, it's more than a lot of the shoes are, that are out there. I mean, I, I keep thinking back about all the NFTs I lost money on, but uh, <laughs> um, no. no, there's some NFTs that I of course love and do not regret, even for whatever price I paid. Like I love the Stoner Cats NFT, even if I'm not that active in the community, I love that I own it, and I do not regret. And also, we should cut a lot of this out. We're going way too over, uh, but I do not. We're regret. at 13 minutes. <laughs> I do not regret 
being the person who saw something, a new technology, exciting new technology, a technology that I strongly believe will have an impact on the future. Probably not in the way anyone's thinking, though. But I do not regret the person who saw that technology, got involved, and financially got interested in it. Now, I'm not the person who put 20 grand or 15 grand. I'm fortunate enough that I didn't put in too much, that it's substantially limited my life. And also, we're fortunate enough we're at that age where we could literally start again and be completely fine. Are we recording our personal episode right now? Is this what's happening? Is that what's happening? We're spiraling into our personal episode. I mean, I mean, we we could. by accident. We could like, like we can't. We've been well, we've been I meaning mean, to do a personal episode this whole time. Completely by accident. I mean, we haven't planned anything. Mm-hmm. Want to well, do improv? I mean, are you drinking wine? We are now. Did Are you, you just wine? realize that? I've, no, I I've mean, been sipping I mean, this shit. Yeah. I, I think I realized it earlier, but I wasn't going to ask it while we were recording the intro. <laughs> you, you thought I was going to stop everything? Yeah. Hey, are you drinking wine? I, I did this on camera before we started recording. I thought you noticed. That's weird. Yeah, should, that's I, cool. should I open some wine? Um. Anyways, what were we talking about? Um... Anyway, so the reason I'm gonna, why I'm not a stinker head is <laughs> why aren't did we did we get into that? Why aren't you? Did we get sidetracked? Why aren't so, you? A so that's head? where we yeah no yeah that's where we started, and then it, it became you know wh- whether or not people should buy clothes with logos on them, but we never go back to that. So the reason why people the reason why I'm not a sneaker head is. Well, one, I watch basketball. I don't play it. I, I, I'm not per- a particularly athletic kid growing up. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you again. I, 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 feel, I feel like most sneakerheads I know don't play basketball like semi or even, like, yeah. even semi-professionally. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons. Another thing is um, I do not consider sneakers... For me, don't don't try to kill me, sneakerheads. I I know you you dress up with them, but for me, I don't consider those sneakers to be the shoes I want to be wearing to you know occasions where I want to dress up. So there, realistically, there re- really isn't a need for me to buy sneakers because I I don't intend to look nice in sneakers. I would instead buy dress shoes or boots. Okay. Look nice. It's a subjective term. I think that's an interesting term. Um, Because I would agree for certain things. Like if I was going to like a ball, which by the way, I desperately want to go to more balls. We should, we should go to more balls. I don't know how we get in, but we should go to more balls. Um, But if I was going to like a ball or like a really fancy dinner, I'd rather dress shoes. Yes. I'd rather, classic black maybe a splash of color dress shoes but you know what i'm talking about but like if i'm going to like a nice restaurant with some friends like even probably not then world's nicest restaurant i'd wear dress shoes fine but like nice restaurant like uh, we just went to a really nice restaurant this weekend like hi any nice restaurant in los angeles i could wear really nice sneakers i would love to wear really nice sneakers i think that would actually be better for the occasion 
right? And like if it's like a ball of fancy, fancy thing, trash is fine. Work. Actually, work I go back and forth. But like if you're going to like a nice restaurant with some friends in LA, I think sneak nice sneakers are perfect for that. They feel good, they look good, they let you show your personality a little bit more. Um so I actually I would disagree for that in LA. I wonder if I'd feel different if I was in New York. And I think I would. I think for example, like I've seen people go to nice restaurants in Los Angeles and like a t shirt and like streetwear and like look nice. But I don't think that would fly in New York. I don't know. Maybe not anymore. But it, it is interesting. It goes back to that conversation about different outfits telling different stories in different places, right? And I think um, the younger generation being less suit-oriented, more streetwear-oriented, uh, especially in L.A., I think I think it's appropriate. And again, this is social cues, too. It's not only what makes you feel good, but it's also this is what the social environment is telling you. In L.A., like, there's that joke where you're never underdressed for any restaurant in L.A. And that's true for 99% of the restaurants in L.A. You can really wear whatever you want. So, so I mean, I, I pose that question to you. What really is the difference between a nice, expensive wear, pair of dress shoes and a nice, expensive pair of running shoes? I, th- I think one of the things for me, um, why I ended up really disliking sneakers as a styling style okay for the record i i keep interrupting you i know but that's how our life works um yes for the record i love how we've spiraled from oh i'm not really a sneakerhead but i respect it or or i'm not really a sneakerhead i'm into basketball i'm in that community oh i'm surprised too i'm not a sneakerhead too i dislike sneakers (laughs) by the end of this you're gonna be like sneakers though fans those those sneakers and those Sneakerheads, no, no, no. I'm self-censoring. It, I'm I'm staying consistent. I'm saying the reason why I dislike sneakers as a styling choice for myself, right? I, I'm I'm not against you know other people being sneakerheads or, or showing up dressing up with their nice sneakers. I have friends who are sneakerheads them, themselves, and I respect that. I think those shoes look nice on them. I didn't like it for myself. And, and that was because I, I didn't like how expensive they became during my teenage years. And, and that was when I saw the rise, really, of sneakers really become a fashion choice. They, they really made that transition from, you know, more kind of utility. You know, you buy them, you wear them for the sports you play. Um, to And to actually people consider now consider them to be really stylish things to be fashion and they become um expensive as a result um and and that contradicted what my initial impression of what those shoes looked like and so i think that was something was an opinion that i kind of held on to but at the same time, I also realized that's kind of a lo- um, logical fallacy in itself because, um, for example, I, I like suits, but as you and I know, Grav, uh, because we both listen to um, A.B. Truffleman's podcast. So A.B. Truffleman, you know, who was a, a great guest on our show, a very talented podcast host, she hosted 
this podcast where one of the episodes was her diving into the history of suits, right? And, and suits started off as the what is it? Was it the working class attire or something something like that, right? It, it was the, the more common folks attire. I don't remember. I remember her talking about how they it's such a limited uh, form of mm-hmm. um, it's seen as boring because it's so limited, but yeah. because it's become so limited, uh, there are little changes like uh, if a lapel is open slightly or if it's studded in a certain way. Um, it allows that's how your personality comes because it's so cookie cutter. Any little variation is like, whoa, that's interesting. Um, by the way, the show is called Articles of Interest. It okay. is a 99% uh, invisible project. Um, and the episode was number 10 called Suits. Yeah, and you're very welcome for that. Go listen to the episode. It's a great listen. Uh, and we, we would like the, the commercial deal, please. Um, but yeah, so, so all, all those things you said were true. And then she went on. Uh, investigating the history of suits, and it started off being the more common folks attire. So the the upper class people at the time didn't really wear suits. They, they had more uh, kind of fancy, dandy garments for themselves. But then suits became popularized because the the noblemen at the time wanted to look more down to earth. And they were going for this style of sprezzatura, uh, which is Italian. I can't pronounce that right, which basically means um, studied, studied mess. Kind of look like you're supposed to look like you don't care. Where about is your all style. this coming from? Did you what? memorize all this? Do, do you, you remember not... that episode that vividly? Yes. I listened to it, but it was like yeah. maybe six months ago. <laughs> yeah, some something people okay, don't really, yeah something people don't really realize is I have a fairly good memory, and yeah, it, it basically okay. and and it, and it influenced how man's fashion goes for it, even all the way on, up until today is that you you want to look like you want to act like you don't care about how you look you don't care about the style but you still look good. So you spend a lot of time preparing how, for how you look, but you want to make yourself look like you don't, you didn't put a lot of effort into that, which, you know, hypocritical, I know. Uh, but because all these upper class men started wearing suits, fast forward to, you know, many centuries later today, suits have become a very formal attire that people wear for very, you know, important occasions. So, and, and my point here is, you know, the the evolution of sneakers and fashion uh, is very much similar to how suits evolved in fashion a couple of centuries ago. It, it's just the same process um, happening all over again. And for some reason, I'm willingly adapted to one, but not necessarily the other. It's interesting. I mean, I like bold. It's funny. I love suits, but you know, I love being bold with my suits. Like I wear colorful, I wear colorful vests. Um, I wear plastic ties. 
And I, I think it's because a lot to do with my private school roots where I wore a uniform, so I just got comfortable in it. I got comfortable working in it. And I like that distinction. So I like wearing suits, but I like almost rebelling against that private school lineage where instead of like cookie cutter suits, I wear bold, colorful suits that's like breaking the norms, but at the same time still tie, vest. And now I'm starting to wear like more nice running shoes. And I'm getting more into sneakers mostly because my sister keeps buying me sneakers as gifts. Um, (laughs) um, For the last few Christmases, you know I I have those two really nice pairs of shoes. Yeah. Um, Those two really nice sneakers. And I'm like, well, I'm starting to like it because I think it complements my outfits in a really good way. Um, And I think part of me is starting to care more about looking a certain way or feeling that. Um, I never look in a way that's like, oh, I'm trying to show off that I don't care. Like, I think for the most part, I like people knowing I care. So it's interesting. I think it, things are changing a little bit. And as we break kind of these suit norms and allowing people to be more colorful, people to be more bold, people to be more sneaker heads. Like, sneakers are that one little thing right now where it's funny because like, that's, that's the start where people, where men are feeling okay to express themselves in shoes. It's just such an interesting subculture because like I'm, I've spent some time on StockX, which is, for those you don't know, it's like the sneaker hub for purchasing. It's like the eBay for sneakers, right? Um, and I'm seeing all these different shoes that have hugely swinging dollar amounts. Like even if you're just looking at different Yeezys, which is a brand of shoes, you can see some 500, 600, some 100, 200, same brand, but they swing because of the value people put in them. It's worth what it's the same thing as investing in a lot of ways as stock because it's what people value, you know? And of course, this is not an investing podcast. Do not take anything we say as investment advice because we are just randomly talking. We prepared none of this. All investments involve risk. But <laughs> I feel like I don't know if you realize this yourself, but you've become more obsessed with vests than suits i think the last few times you've dressed up that i've seen you've always been wearing your shirt your tie and your vest but not a suit i'm the one showing up with suit jackets and no tie interesting you're right i'm not wearing i have a lot of nice suit jackets but i haven't been wearing them a lot i and i do work too i really like the vest tie pants um combination i really like that imagery um, I don't know. I, I yeah. I think the jacket can be too constricting, and I live in LA like you, so it can be a little hot. But I like the the way the vest and the tie looks. Um, it's just kind of my vibe right now. Uh, but we're getting sidetracked. Also, you're drinking, so I need something to drink. It's unfair. One second. Let me see if I have anything open. Okay, I almost got sake, but I was like, no. Um, and then I pulled out I pulled out the salted caramel whiskey, but I finished it, and I was very upset about that. But there's like one sip left, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish this one last sip of one of our favorites, the salted caramel whiskey, and then I have a I have an ale. I'm having trouble with this bottle. I right, got it. We'll see where this goes. Man, this is old. <laughs> it's fine. This is a raspberry lime goose ale. Anyways, 
Streetwear versus designer wear. I feel like that's the conversation we're having, which is interesting. And it's also interesting, this idea. And I, I do really believe, I believe I've become more nuanced on this one. Like with my outfits, for example, there's stuff I've spent more money on that people are like, why would you spend money on that? I'm like, because I like it. It gives me confidence. I enjoy it. Shoes I've always had problems with because I like, I do wear them. Like I'm not the person to buy shoes and just put them in a case or anything or not wear them or invest in shoes. I do that with comic books. Like, you know, I buy a lot of comic books and get them graded and, like, you can't read them and you never open them. So that's a little bit of my fear about nice shoes is that I want to wear them. So I worry about them getting ruined and being like, oh, I just wasted X amount of dollars on the first night. Like, for example, uh, that week of my work off-site where um, I was Ubering to work every day um, and wearing nice shoes because I wanted to look nice for work and I stepped in the biggest piece of dog, we're gonna make this explicit. The biggest piece of dog shit ever, and I didn't realize till I got into Uber, and they were my white Yeezys, and I had dog shit all over them, all over my pants. And I didn't realize because I was in the Uber and I started smelling something. I realized when I was running to get into the Uber because they parked across the street, I stepped in the biggest piece of dog shit and I got it all over my nice shoes, right? I've owned these shoes for a while, and then when I got into work, I spent like 30 minutes washing them into a point where for the first like hour, two hours of the day, I walked around that offsite with no shoes because my shoes were drying because I spent so much time just washing them and freezing them. And it was it was just terrible. And they were they were one of the first nice pairs of sneakers I ever owned because they were a gift. And when I got them, I never thought, oh, I'm not going to wear them. I'm like, oh, I wear them all the time. And I end up wearing these nice shoes all the time because I like them. But yeah, sometimes I worry about if I, is this a waste of these shoes? Like, should I be saving them for a nice occasion? But then at the same time, it's like, when's a nice occasion? That's the weird thing about shoes, right? A part of me, when they're more expensive, you want to save them. And I have shoes that I like to save, but I have shoes that I'm like saving. And then I never wear because never at the right time, you know? <laughs> it re reminds me of some real stories I've read about uh, when somebody bought this really nice pair of uh, luxury brand shoes and they they either damaged it or you know made it really dirty or something. And yeah, they com complained about it to the store, and then the people working at the store was was like, you know, those shoes are really just made for the red carpets. Or, or is it something like? <laughs> uh, I'll explain why I'm laughing. Sophia's here, so uh, Gra was texting. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gra was on the phone a minute ago, uh, and I was confused because we're in the middle of recordings, and apparently, this is who he invited. Hi. <laughs> okay, hi. I, I um, hi. Um, so I. <laughs> I need, I need to show you something. I'm looking at buying these shoes. Um, wait, wait, let me pull them up. It seems a little bit odd that, you know, while you're recording the podcast, you're looking at shoes. This episode is basically a debate if I'm going to buy these shoes or not. And the idea of designer labels and the stories behind them. Um, Sophia Costas, everyone. You might remember her from Storytime with Sophia, our first ever Storytime. One of our dearest friends has joined us today, um, and we're going to talk. We're, we're talking a little bit about shoes. We're we're almost done. Uh, we have like ten minutes left. 
Hello. Yes, I just, I saw the photo you sent me. I'm a little bit confused. Are they two different colors in, yeah. in a set? Yeah. How awesome so is that? I actually know someone who has been doing that for probably 10 years. Not um, designing, and but essentially buying um, two sets of shoes and always wearing them such that their mismatch because it was something that he felt was very central to his personality and always could become a talking point to sort of like explain who he was as a person. That being said, the the duality of soul right there. That being said, of these ugly shoes. They're not ugly. They're Rick and Morty themed. The issue, (sighs) the issue on the table, by the way, the issue on the table is, can I buy expensive running shoes even if I'm not like a big sneakerhead? Like I've slowly been getting nicer sneakers, but is it okay for me to buy expensive running shoes even if I'm not like a big sneakerhead? It's okay for you to buy whatever you want if you have the funds. Like that that's not a real It's my promotion gift to myself. Okay, I see. Um can you? Yes. Should you? No. Does it have anything to do with this being a sneakerhead or not? No. It has to do with the fact that they're $400 quote-unquote running shoes that look more like they're made for basketball shoes, meaning they're not actually very supportive for running, and they look like they're made out of hard plastic. See, this is the response I was expecting from Sophia. Sophia, uh, we've been discussing the storytelling aspect of designer labels and sneakers and this idea of how spending more on something with a designer label can be almost a confidence boost and how you're actually paying for that feeling you get when you wear designer labels. I'd love your take on this. Um, so you caught me in a cynical mood, friends. <laughs> um, so like Thursday, but go ahead. Yeah. But um, I read this article not too long ago that was talking about, you know, the really, really, really expensive brand names um, and who they are actually targeting. And it is not your 1% of the 1% that they're targeting. They're targeting folks who are upper middle class or lower upper class, if you will, who want to to fit in. They want to be in the club and they feel like they're not. So they target people who actually can't afford their $500,000 bag, but want to present as if they're in that crowd. Um, I'm not a big fan of designer labels. I think you buy for what fits you. And if that has a designer and you can afford it, more power to you. But a lot of the times, I think if you go on the back and um the manufacturer manufacturers are the same for products so you're not really paying for higher quality you truly are paying for the story the brand um and personally not something that but that's personally just not you know something that i would want to spend my money on i think if i was going to spend my money on something that is really about the story it would be more experiential like a trip or something that's so, you know more hands-on rather than something I'm going to put on my body. So 
this is an interesting conversation too. Um, this idea of experiential. I think these are very experiential. You go out in the world, you get utility, you feel good, they're usable. Like it's different than me like buying an NFT or a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of just more display, especially the comic books I don't display in my apartment. Um, it's more experiential. I think that is actually my fear almost of like buying expensive shoes and then ruining them over time. Um, and to be clear, I'm mostly looking at these in spite of the price. I don't love that they're a designer, uh, because that's what this debate is. I'm like, can I buy designer shoes? Um, I, I love the design of it. I love how they look. It's Rick and Morty themed. It's perfect. Um, that's the debate. But you bring up an interesting point. Yeah, the difference is you're paying for the brand. You're paying for um, the feeling you get for wearing it. And something we talked about, Kevin and I, was this idea of like consumerists in America where you're working really hard to be able to afford that expensive shirt and then wearing that expensive shirt is kind of a symbol of that success right yeah but I mean the point that you just raised in terms of how you're looking at it in spite of the price also means that it goes both ways there's a story to be told where you are almost like anti-establishment you're not but you know where you know you can make that sort of claim and it's like I don't want to wear that designer brand on principle because the markup value is 300% and those margins are not something I support or, you know, you, you recognize something on that level where that in and of itself is a story that you tell to yourself to justify what you are or are not doing. And it it's about being in yet another group. What group do you want to present as being a part of? So Kevin brought up that group aspect as well, and I think that's really interesting. We'll probably get the same ads. It re- reminds me of a... Uh, we're, all getting, we're all getting similar ads that's training us to think in a similar way. Basically, we're all saying the same thing based on the what we consume, society. Yep. Sorry, Kev. That was, a, that was a tangent. Yeah. I, I feel like you're about to go on one of your social construct rants. Um, I am. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's we all next. have our individual social construct this uh, episode has been so episode. loosely defined around streetwear it's basically me debating with kevin and debating um with if i should buy these shoes um and what streetwear is and the value of buying confidence through the clothes you wear and i know kevin and you are very different where Sophia, you give me a lot of crap about being an enabler for shopping with Kevin, and you're the yeah. opposite. For reference, Sophia doesn't really buy stuff. Like, everything is um, the most functional thing you ever find. Like, she never buys labels. She never buys, except for Whole Foods, but we can get into that later. That, that um, was a separate, that had nothing to do with Whole Foods. <laughs> had, not, had she not been from San Diego, she'd farm. Yes, I, I do. I do for, technically for dinner. I have hydroponic gardens with me. I am currently growing tomatoes and peppers and strawberries, and I also have perennials growing outside. So I do what I can. So, Kevin, are you pro or anti me buying these shoes? I I'm pro buying uh, you buying these shoes just so I can like actually take a look at them. I also feel like you strategically he strategically has to be pro shoes because if you're constantly enabling him, he kind of has to quid pro quo enable you. 
otherwise, you know, he's he's lost his buying buddy and he's stuck with me who's going to tell him no every time he says, should I buy this? Um, I've made a lot of independent decisions to impulse buy. (laughs) But literally last night, Sophia, Kevin, and I were on a call and Kevin's like, uh, should I buy this pan or something for like X amount of dollars? And I said, um, I said, do you need a pan or something? And he said, oh, Gordon Ramsay uses this. And I'm like, okay, you should buy it. And then Kevin's like, do you want me to send you the link? And meanwhile, Sophia is just sitting there in such judgment of us buying pans at 11 p.m. Well, I'd like to also point out that that story was slightly modified. Kevin did not ask if you if if you would like him to send him the link. Your response was send me the link when he said it would score it in ribs. <sighs> I feel like he no. asked. I think you're on. I feel like he said you want me to send you the link and I confirmed. Kevin? You didn't ask. <laughs> oh. Wait. That means I'm right. Yeah. That means I'm right. No. <laughs> so... No. Sophia so, was so, right. Um, oh, <laughs> fine, whatever. So, Sophia, you're anti me buying these shoes. I am pro buying these shoes if it means you are going to actually wear them, get good use out of them, and they're comfortable and they make you happy. Especially if it also means you're going to stop buying silly looking NFTs. But. Totally different conversation. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really stop doing anything. He just adds on. This will help me feel good for the next 30 minutes. What are you talking about? I probably won't buy anything for the next 30 minutes. I'm so consumerist, guys. I'm a material you know, it's, boy. It's interesting, though. Um, I don't know if you all ever met... Um, I, am I supposed to use real names? I feel like I'm not. Use a nickname. nickname. I don't know if you ever met my sneakerhead roommate, but she ran a business out of our dorm my freshman year of college. Um, She would go on hauls to purchase sneakers in bulk, like very specific ones she'd be looking for. Her brother had a branch of the business where he had a bot set up to bid on eBay on specific shoes. And... When she would get the shoes, it wasn't like she would just resell them immediately. One, she would go through the process of doing these unboxing videos for the various, you know, shoes that she purchased. Then she would also wear them for a period and she walked like, you know, nothing could ever touch the shoes, no scratches, anything. And then there were also times where she did um, versions with shoes, you know, changing maybe the the dye on the leather in some areas or whatever before reselling them. But so she went through this cycle of one, creating a story or hype around a pair of shoes, but it wasn't just like an immediate conversion after that. It really like was a part of her for a while. And then once it was no longer one that she wanted to wear or someone came along interested in them for the right price, she would move on to the next pair that she had in her warehouse of sneakers. I feel like every time you talk, you have some weird friend that's like involved in something we're talking about. It, it's it's funny because you like come off as like not the most social person in the world, but you know like everyone, and it's just very upsetting. I don't think I know everyone. I just know people that you don't know, and I think that upsets you for a different reason. <laughs> okay, Kevin, cut that. Um, <laughs> okay. um, 
I don't. I don't even know what we're talking. This has something to do with storytelling, right? Kevin? I mean, it does. She would literally create stories to create hype around shoes so she could sell it for more money on eBay. But so you're creating value. I mean, that's creating stories and the artist storytelling and being a good uh, storyteller and building that skill is all about learning how to create value through stories because stories allow us to feel something like anything like this idea that we all live in homes or we all wear clothes. Those are all stories. Um, and stories give us the power to feel something. And that's what this show is about, learning how to create better stories and make someone feel something. Like, stories have value. They have monetary value. Everything shows that. The movies we watch, the clothes we wear. And what we're talking about here is there is monetary value to the clothes we wear and the stories that certain brands tell. Well, what's interesting about the case with my, my sneakerhead roommate is that in the same way that when you drive a car off the lot, the value depreciates instantaneously, theoretically, her wearing the shoes she bought for months until the right buyer came along should be depreciating them. But it wasn't because of all of the other things she was doing to build in an experience and audience for that pair of shoes. So wait, what, what, what was she doing to build that, that audience? Part of it was the fact that she consistently had these unboxing videos and the followers that she had for those were the same folks who were buying from her on eBay. And so there was a sort of an understanding, ah, this person's handle, it's the same for both accounts. I can sort of get ahead of what's going to be on her marketplace by watching these unboxings. The unboxings would, you know, be more than just taking out of the box. She'd talk about them, what they are. You know the experience she was having holding them putting them on etc she would also have short format content like on stories um i think at the time it was snapchat stories i don't reels didn't exist at that time or anything else um and you know showing off either the, the haul that she just got or it sometimes it was just her like walking in her shoes for a while she had hashtag that was boba in shoes she's a big boba fan and it'd always be boba in the shoes um and then anytime she did um updates to the shoes those would also be content that she created uh all of which went into telling a story about a single pair of shoes that um a potential buyer could be following from unboxing to the decision to purchase and go into bidding once she ended up listing them in her ebay marketplace that's so interesting. She's literally using storytelling to build an emotional connection to the shoes. So when the shoes went on sale, they already had that connection. It already made them feel something. So they had to buy it. She's creating value. I mean, that's why you become a better storyteller. And the value she created, you know, made the shoes or gave value that outweighed what should have been depreciating the value of her walking around in these for however long until she decided to sell them because she wasn't buying them used. She would buy them new from outlets and then sell them used after going through that process. She's a tastemaker. I mean, tastemakers are just storytellers. They, they often not only choose things that are going to hit, they make things hit by the act of them choosing it. Fascinating. I mean, that's just so much to do with streetwear because when you look at classic designers that we started talking about in the beginning, like Gucci, Prada, uh, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, some of these are very, very old, and they're historically 
designer. They're historically famous. They're historically known as that's the upper echelon. And we see this by them paying celebrities to wear them. So they're like, oh, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to be like them. How can I be like them? I can buy the clothes they're wearing. So those are more historical ones. But with streetwear, that's more new. That's more fleeting. That's more you need individual tastemakers right now to say, hey, this is worth it because it's so new. It's not the decades of history that Gucci has. That reminds me a lot of um, what happened with Supreme. I uh, knew someone who bought a brick, a Supreme brick for... I heard about that. Yeah, but I, I knew someone firsthand. I knew someone who uh, broke their knee doing something stupid, and they had a Supreme um, soft cast that they they wore. So definitely is a trend what you're talking about in terms of... Um, the rise of streetwear and value being created by content creators around something which otherwise doesn't have the reputation of some of the the old wealth, if you will, brands. Well, I think the decision is I'm going to buy these shoes. It's going to be my promotion gift. I, I think that was always the decision. No, this was the debate. And we just crossed over an hour on an intro that was supposed to be three minutes. Sophia, you don't know this, but this was supposed to be our intro to this week's episode. Uh, I brought it up. We started talking. Next thing you know, we were 20 minutes in and we just kept talking. So (laughs) that's why this was a little chaotic. But I guess this has been another episode of the Linen Suit and Pass Time. No, 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 no. Thank you for... Oh. We haven't done suspenders yet. We haven't done suspenders in the group in a long time. Okay, well, for people who don't know who follow our show, suspenders is the the part of the episode where we ask a random fun question that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. And that actually was born out of the three of us. Because we used to, uh, during some of our talks and our weekly things, we used to ask each other random questions to see what we think. So, this is going to be fun. But... Kev, do you have a question? What makes you weird? I often think my name being different, and my name is Gorv, and that's a little bit of a unique name. I think that has a lot to do with me being weird and being different because I've always had a different name. So I feel like subconsciously I've made my personality try to match that. But um, I'm very loud and I'm very extroverted and... I like talking a little bit too much. Um, I like bold clothes. I like making a statement. I think that makes me, you know, weird. Um, all the ways I like to take pride in being weird. Sophia you know, Costas? You had a whole opportunity to go on a construct rant, <laughs> and you did not take it. It's interesting. How weird is a social construct? I... We're trying to, we're trying, we've gone on so many tangents. This episode was literally supposed to be a two minute intro and we've been recording for over an hour. <laughs> so this episode's full of tangents and already it probably doesn't make any sense. So we tried to bring it back to storytelling. So we can't go on another concert, Sophia. So answer the question. Okay, well, the, the issue is I actually agree with you for once and think that this is a construct and there is no weird, there is no not weird because everyone likes to think that they're unique, they're different, and sorry to break it for you, you're not likely all that different. <laughs> um, there's lots of, there's lots you're of, real cynical today. 
there's lots of psychological research on this. Everyone thinks they're unique and you have ways that you are different from others, but on the whole, you're not. Um, so I can list traits about myself. Do I think they make me weird? No. Do I think they make me a difficult person? Yes. Um, but there's plenty of other difficult persons out there. So um, the things that make me quote unquote weird uh, would be in part that I come from a family where my parents had children later in life. So lots of the cultural references I grew up with are from the prior generation to my peers. Uh, so I make references that folks my age don't have the same connection to. And I think as a result of that, I also have some values that are from a previous generation. Um, some of which relate to what, you know, Gorov is talking about in terms of my frugality and my inflexibility when it comes to doing things that maybe put me outside of my comfort zone. Okay, Kevin. Sophia has actually brought up that point before about people thinking they're above average, but they're not. It was either Mm -hmm. the first story time episode we have or the recording before that where we both had the one that's never to be seen yeah where we similarly had alcohol and it got so dysfunctional that we had to record the whole thing all over again um yeah i mean okay i had something i lost i can't go (laughs) 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 this will get published though this episode what was your answer What, what makes you weird as you know, I am a very quiet person, but the more people you put me in front of, the livelier I get. That's so it. I mean, you were the commencement speaker of your class, so I, was. I guess that made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, this was amazing. Thank you. Like, none of this was planned, ladies and gentlemen, and everything else. None of this was planned. Um, Sophia, I literally texted Sophia while Kevin and I was talking. I'm like, you should jump in and say hi. She had no idea we were even recording. I think maybe she guessed from the link, but would like just jump in. Um, so we really appreciate everyone who stick stuck around to the end of this episode of my. The, you got a hint into the internal workings of my mind as I debated buying these shoes and talked about the storytelling and value of brands. Like Kevin was gonna say earlier, our show is called the Linen Suit and Plastic Tie. We love clothes and we love weird clothes and we are willing to spend a little bit on clothes that are weird and different and cool and yeah so we really appreciate you Sophia for joining us and everyone who listened in uh, to this random impromptu episode of the linen suit and plastic tie I'm Gorf I'm Kevin and I'm Sophia That was Sophia. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time when uh, we actually have an intro recorded for the episode we meant to record for. (laughs) You want to stop recording?